0: Welcome to Unearthing Paranormalcy, the podcast where we dig into the paranormal and try to find normalcy in the topic. I'm Amy.
1: I'm Dave. And I'm Chad.
0: And we're coming at you today with Unearthing Halloween, the legends behind Halloween, some of the folklore and superstitions of Halloween, because today is Halloween, the, my favorite mm. holiday ever. <laughs> Okay, well, actually, today isn't Halloween, but you guys are going to be listening to this on Halloween. So we're going to pretend that it is Halloween.
2: (laughs) Happy Halloween.
0: (laughs) Happy Halloween, everybody. Um, Yes, Halloween is my favorite holiday, and I like to go all out for Halloween. So I'm excited about this episode. And so we're going to get into the history of Halloween. Dave, take us off.
2: According to historian Nicholas Rogers on exploring the origins of Halloween notes that some folklorists have detected its origins in the Roman feast of Pomona, the goddess of fruits and seeds, or in the festival of the dead called Parentalia. It is more typically linked to the Celtic festival of Samhain, which comes from Old Irish for summer's end.
0: Now, everybody, I'm sure you have seen the word Samhain.
2: And it's
1: Samhain.
0: And it's spelled Samhain. Um, just, just so you, you, you know where we're coming from on that, that is what Samhain is. Samhain. Samhain. The Celtic language is interesting.
2: Samhain marked the end of the harvest season and beginning of winter, or the darker half of the year for the Celtic people. Today's Halloween customs have been influenced by folk customs and beliefs from Celtic-speaking countries. Samhain was the first and most important of the four quarter days in the medieval Gaelic calendar, and was celebrated on October 31st to November 1st in Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man. Because for the Celts, the day ended and began at sunset, so the festival began on the evening before November 1st. Samhain is mentioned in some of the earliest Irish and Welsh literature. The name has been used by historians to refer to Celtic Halloween customs up until the 19th century. Jack Santino, a folklorist, writes that, there was throughout Ireland an uneasy truce existing between customs and beliefs associated with Christianity and those associated with religions that were Irish before Christianity arrived.
1: So I know um, in my research, Solomon was also kind of uh, believed to be the time of year when the land of the living and the land of the deceased kind of was the closest together. So they, they would do a lot of celebration and things to kind of ward off uh, evil spirits?
0: Well, I will tell you that the thinning of the veil, which I think Dave gets into here in a little bit, actually begins around the fall equinox, and it gradually gets thinner and thinner up until Halloween when it becomes the thinnest. And if you notice things around your house starting to pick up in activity around the middle of September, that's what that is. I know at our house, the activity picks up and starts picking up around the beginning, middle of September and then continues on for a while. But that, that, that is when the veil starts to th- actually thin. Back to you, Dave. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to commemorate Samhain, druids built huge sacred bonfires where the Celtic people gathered. The flames, smoke, and ashes were viewed as having protective and cleansing powers. In some places, torches lit from those bonfires were carried sunwise around homes and fields to protect them. Hearth fires were relit from these bonfires, and some geysers used the ashes to mark their faces to protect themselves from the ishi. They were also used for divination. The fires were a kind of imitative or sympathetic magic because they mimicked the sun by helping the powers of growth and holding back the decay and darkness of winter. But as Christianity and Catholicism spread, ancient customs were outlaws, or the symbolism was changed. In Scotland, bonfires and divination games were banned by the church elders in some parishes. In Wales, bonfires were lit to prevent the souls of the dead from falling to earth, and to keep the devil away.
1: Wouldn't the flames make the devil feel more at home? That's, That's what, what I, I thought. Was yeah. <laughs> but maybe um, it
2: has to do with the protective magic of the bonfire. But it's still I don't fire, and the devil's a pyro. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> and on the night of October 31st, the Celts believed the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred, and that the ghost of the dead could return to the living world. The souls of the deceased were said to revisit their home seeking hospitality. Places were set at the dinner table, and room was made by the hearth fire to welcome them. In 19th century Ireland, candles would be lit and prayers formally offered for the souls of the dead. After this, the eating, drinking, and games would begin. Throughout Ireland and Britain, the household festivities included rituals and games to foretell one's future, apple bobbing, nut roasting, scrying or mirror gazing, Pouring molten lead or egg whites into water. Dream interpretations. These divinations mostly regarded death and marriage.
0: You set a place for the deceased at your table and so on. on. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Have we done that before? Yeah, we did one year. I remember doing that.
2: So these prophecies, they served as an important source of comfort and direction for a people that were completely dependent on the natural world. And this blurring of the worlds meant that the Ishii could come into this world more easily and were especially active. The Tuatha de Danon were a supernatural race in Irish mythology.
0: Say that name again.
2: Tuatha de Danon. They were thought to be the main deities of pre-Christian Gaelic Ireland. And when they were defeated by the Milesians and forced underground, they became the Ishii, meaning people of the mounds.
1: Mole people. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: after after this, they became the spirits and the fairies.
0: Oh, okay.
2: I'll go through a few of these along with their modern-day similarities.
0: And we talk about fairies. We're not talking about Tinkerbells. It's fairies in I- Irish culture are a little bit more... Um,
2: Evil. Mm, they can be.
0: Malicious at times, yeah. But they they remind me more of the fairies in the labyrinth. Yeah. You know what <laughs> e-
2: even even the the good and nice ones are still super mischievous.
1: I don't yeah. know if you guys have ever seen the show The Magicians. Mm-mm. Um towards, I think it's the second or third season. They have fairies and it's more of this style fairy, yeah. not the Tinkerbell, so
0: Yes. I decided to throw that out there because I don't I mean a lot of people when they think of fairies, they think of Tinkerbells and like uh magic dust and that's not what real fairies
1: are. Yeah, I know some were having more, like harpies. Yeah, that's kind of more what fairies were.
0: Yeah,
2: and that kind of belief. So, so I dug into the spirits and fairies to give everyone a better idea of how the Celtic people dress for the festivals. Salen. I'll also include some of the beings they believe that they were appeasing and trying to disguise themselves from. First off, we have the Abhartake. And this spirit rises from his grave to drink the blood of the living, similar to what we consider a revenant or a vampire.
0: I was going to say, so it sounds like a vampire.
2: Next is the Banshee, and she heralds the death of a family member, usually by wailing and shrieking, similar to a lady in white.
0: I was going to say, you told me the other day, because we were talking about the uh, Haunted Norman Norman episode when the lady in white at... The sooner, sooner Theater Hinder. and how I said that out they're always in white or red, and he said, Well, banshees are always in white. I was mm-hmm. like, Hmm, I wonder if it means that if you see a lady in white, she's a banshee.
2: I'm not sure what's always in red.
0: Or in white, not red.
2: But you also you also said because we were talking about white and red, I figured yeah. out what white was, but I some still figured out red. A, yeah, some figured out red.
0: They were harlot banshees. <laughs>
2: You know, they probably were centered around stuff about jealousy and lust. and Yeah. I don't know, though.
0: I don't know. If they have a big Scarlet A on their chest, then we'll know for sure.
2: Exactly. <laughs> then we have the Dullahan, and he's described as a headless rider, usually on a black horse.
1: The headless horseman.
2: Exactly.
0: So, so <laughs> these are things that are back...
2: 2,000 years ago.
0: Long ago, that we have carried into our stuff now with vampires... And The banshees. And well, the well,
2: again, I only went through the ones that have similarities with oh, modern okay. day stuff. I mean, there's well, I
1: mean, a lot of today's Halloween was brought with when Irish immigrated to the United States, True. and that's where a lot of the Halloween lure comes from. Is uh, the Celtics, the so.
0: Celtics, and the Irish have some pretty awesome folklore
2: because there's dozens and dozens of, of types of Ishi.
0: I found out we have like three percent Irish in us, Chad. It's you and me—we we got some Irish, and some Swedish. Okay, back to Dave.
2: I got quite a bit in me.
0: Yeah, Dave's almost pretty much all Irish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: then there's the farderig, wearing a red coat and cap. They are said to be rather fat, have dark, hairy skin, long snouts, and skinny tails. According to fairy and folk tales of the Irish peasantry, the farderig is a solitary fairy, along with the leprechaun. And the cluricon, all of whom are most sluttish, slouching, jeering, mischievous phantoms. The farterig, in particular, is described as one who busies himself with practical joking, especially with gruesome joking.
0: See, I, I first I thought it was Santa Claus. I don't know for some reason Santa popped in my head. I just
1: started thinking without the snout and the tail. It kind of talks about me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But then I was like, "Oh, werewolf." Oh, okay.
2: Now yeah, with um. the, the leprechauns, we all know what leprechauns are, but prior to the 20th century, <laughs> sorry, I was, I was I was about to just go. They're after
1: me, Lucky Charms.
2: <laughs> yeah, pr- prior to the 20th century, the leprechaun was said to wear red and not green.
0: He was colorblind. It's no big deal.
2: <laughs> Possibly,
1: um, the red just clashed with his beard and his hair, so he <laughs> decided to change.
0: <laughs> it was the wrong shade. Didn't match his facial hair.
2: The next is the fuith, which are water spirits, similar to lake monsters, bog creatures, lizard men,
0: the Oklahoma octopus. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Very well could be. There's the merdican, and that's a siren-like creature, also known as a marrow. or mermaid. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. similar to a merman or a mermaid. The pooka. These creatures were said to be shape-changers which could take the appearance of horses, goats, cats, dogs, rabbits, ravens, foxes, wolves, and goblins. They may also take human form, which includes various animal features such as ears or a tail.
0: I think I've heard of the puka before, but I can't think of where I've heard of them. Because the description doesn't sound anything like what I was thinking, but I know I've heard that name before.
2: So. Okay. Certain agricultural traditions surround the puka. When the last of the crops were brought in before Samhain, anything remaining in the fields is considered puka or fairy blasted and hence inedible. Now, in some locations, reapers left a small share of the crop for the puka's share to appease the creatures.
0: That's what went wrong with our garden this year. We didn't leave the puka any. Or maybe it was the fact that we got really, really hot.
2: (laughs) Well, you, you don't have to do that till Samhain. Oh, so. Then the slua, and these were the spirits of the restless dead. Sometimes they were seen as sinners, or generally evil people, who were welcome in neither heaven nor hell, nor in the other world, who had also been rejected by the Celtic deities and by the earth itself. Whichever the underlying belief, they are almost always depicted as troublesome and destructive. They were seen to fly in groups like flocks of birds coming from the west, and were known to try to enter the house of a dying person in an effort to carry the soul away with them. Some consider the slua to also carry with them the souls of innocent people who were kidnapped by these destructive spirits.
0: That kind of reminds me, You least in the movie Ghost, you know at the end of the movie Ghost, when all the little black shadow reaper things yeah. come out of the ground? That's what that reminds me of.
2: Okay. That's, that's a really good parallel, actually. But as you can imagine, the Ishii were both respected and feared.
0: Oh, yeah. It's kind of like they are today. I mean, I think most people today, you fear the vampire, but then there are those people who, you know, want to be vampires and are vampires and all that stuff. So, yeah.
2: So it was customary for offerings of food and drink or portions of the crop to be left outside for the Ishii.
0: Makes sense. So, that's kind of the history of the holiday itself. And it comes from the Celtics. Chad, what do you have in some of the the traditions of Halloween.
1: So like, let's go with that, like trick-or-treating. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different ties to trick-or-treating. There's no true origin of where trick-or-treating really came from. Um, every religion kind of has something similar, um, or not every religion, but a lot of religions have some similar things. When Christianity spread to the Celtic lands, they kind of started to blend older pagan rites and Christian beliefs. And then, you know, the church designated November 2nd as All Souls Day or All Saints Day. So they started putting together, you know, Solwyn and All Souls Day and kind of made 31st just kind of the Day of the Dead kind of um, celebrations. They would make bonfires, um, just kind of like that. And people would masquerade and visit houses. The poor people would visit houses of the wealthier families. They received pastries that were called like soul cakes in exchange for promises to pray for the homeowner's uh, loved ones, dead loved ones. And they kind of take up, this was known as souling. It was taken up by kids later on and kind of went door-to-door asking for gifts, money, stuff like that. And then in Scotland, uh, young people took part in a tradition called guising, uh, where they dress up in costumes and accept offerings from various households. And instead of like praying for the dead like uh, they would in souling, they would sing a song or recite a poem or tell a form of joke or perform a kind of trick and kind of, you know, the trick-or-treating part of Halloween. And then we've also got, like, Guy Fawkes Night celebrations. Um, Guy Fawkes was arrested and put to death in 1606 for working with the Catholic Church and trying to take down Parliament and King James I, who was a Protestant. The night after he was sentenced to death, or he was executed, children and people throughout the world, or throughout England, would have communal bonfires, wear the Guy Fawkes masks, and ask for they would ask for pennies for the Guy,
2: for Guy Fawkes. Now, is that the same King James that the King James Bible comes from? I do not know. Oh, might be something to look into.
0: If you're listening to this and you know the answer to that question, email us at umpnormalcy at gmail.com.
1: So, um, as people started immigrating to the United States, the United States is one of the largest believers and people who celebrate Halloween. Um, I mean, there's some other countries that do as well, but we for sure have taken off and, you know, shot (laughs) straight for the top like we do. But we (laughs) like consumerism. Yes. (laughs) capitalism take
0: hold. And when Um, capitalism takes hold, anything is possible.
1: So, some colonists already, you know, celebrated Guy Mm -hmm. Fawkes Day. And then when the large number of uh Irish immigrants during the potato famine showed up. Uh, they started, you know, to believe their uh bring in their beliefs. And so it kind of just mixed together, so guising and souling were all kind of things done in the United States. In nineteen twenties pranks kind of became the Halloween activity of choice for rowdy young people. Still is kind of the thing today, but not as bad. There there was accounts of damages and stuff like that reaching more than a $1, thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars in damages in certain metropolitan areas. And then when the Great Depression Uh, started halloween kind of fell to the wayside for a little while you actually had more vandalism and physical assaults happen on halloween during the great depression not so much of the celebratory halloween but i think
2: that was just because it was like every other night of the year yeah
0: well i mean nobody had anything yeah you You weren't getting i mean you go trick-or-treating but you Probably weren't going to get much.
2: You can't exactly cut holes in your bed sheets if you can't afford, afford. new bed sheets. <laughs> exactly, and you're not going to waste
0: the eggs because you need the eggs. You need the eat. eggs to yeah. eat.
1: <laughs> um, with the outbreak of World War II, trick or treating kind of just fell to the you know the wayside because of sugar rationing and things like that. Halloween just kind of was wasn't much of a thing anymore after World War. With the post-war baby boom, trick or treating reclaimed its place it as one of the most Common Halloween customs. Nowadays, I mean, between all the candy, the costumes, the all the decorations, Halloween now is estimated to bring in roughly six billion dollars a year. Wow. Um, it is wow. now the second largest commercial holiday following Halloween. If
0: following um, Christmas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the second largest <laughs> commercial
1: holiday following Christmas. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so I thought it was kind of cool. I didn't realize it was... I, mean, I knew it was a big holiday, but did not think of it that way.
0: I spend a whole lot more money on Halloween decorations and Halloween than I do at Christmas time. Now, I spend a ton of money on presents at Christmas time, but when it comes for decorations...
1: I haven't put decorations up for Christmas in, well, since I've lived on my own, but every year I try to do something for Halloween because Halloween's so much cooler.
2: Well, there's more imagery involved with Halloween yeah. than with like...
1: Well, and obviously, because we're doing this podcast, the things we enjoy is more around Halloween than Christmas. I'm pretty sure we'd look that really weird if we kind of put all this stuff up for Christmas decorations. (laughs) (laughs) Part
0: of me would love to leave my Halloween decorations up year round. And I I think that this set up my, as I I show Chad, my, my witch's altar here would be fine year round, right? Nobody would ever come into their house and look at it and go... Oh.
1: If they're coming to their house and they don't already know you, then it'd be <laughs> weird, but I don't know why someone you didn't know would come into your house in the first place.
0: Uh, kids' birthday parties.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: then we could just put throw something <laughs> up over that and you'd be fine.
0: <laughs> we'll throw an Elsa on a sheet over that. Just, just <laughs> have
2: a, a Nightmare Before Christmas themed Christmas. There we go.
0: yeah. Well, the thing is, is, I know parents who do not allow their children to celebrate Halloween.
3: And I had some friends
1: growing up that weren't allowed to because... It, they were, you know, highly religious, and it was the devil's holiday, and you weren't allowed out because pe- the bad kind of people were out, and stuff well, like I'm that. Well, I'm going
0: to throw this out there. There was no devil in Celtic culture.
1: That all started with Christianity. Exactly. It yes. was... <laughs> okay, <I> mean, <laughs> so the
0: origin of Halloween is Samhain. Samhain. Samhain, sewing, whatever. And... Therefore, there is no devil in Halloween. The devil was actually put into Halloween by the Christians. So the Christians made it a devil holiday.
1: The Christians, have a <laughs> the Christians have a way of putting the devil into things that they don't like because it goes against their beliefs. Yeah. And that gives it a way for people to dislike it because that's just what they did. Yeah, Yeah.
2: historically, I mean, if they can't outlaw something, then they... Just make it make evil. evil. Yeah.
1: I mean, we. I think we talked about this in one of the earlier episodes about how they just deemed it evil. So the devil became, or it was uh, the superstitions we did um, with like the six six six. Oh yeah, and That was one yeah. of those that had
2: nothing to do with the devil. Or even when we were digging into lycanthropes and yeah, they were blaming.
0: No, I mean I'm not going to knock Christianity. I know great Christian people, but. I just see as an overall, they tend to throw the devil into this and then say, oh, it's bad. But it wasn't bad until they put the devil in it.
1: I, I just, Every time I think of something like this, I think of uh, the water boy. That's the uh, the mom, uh, Adam Sandler's mom. That's the devil's music. <laughs> That's the devil's sport.
0: <laughs> Guess what? It's not the devil's holiday. <laughs> I was reading something the other day that said, they were saying that and was the Lord of Death, and I'm like, no, Salon was not the Lord of Death.
2: Salon R-1 is was the Lord of Death.
0: one yeah, Arwan one the Lord of Death. So it's not Arwan's ones day. Ar1 would love a day of his own. But let's start
1: one. <laughs>
2: he, he, he was just one of many, though. But but you also got to think to the to the pagan people, death wasn't a negative thing. Yeah, death just meant rebirth. It meant reincarnation. well. What's interesting
0: thing to the Christians. Death is not a bad thing. Everybody wants to die and go to heaven. So I don't know why they put the negative spin on death like that when it comes to celebrations.
2: I don't know either. I
0: don't know. If you know, (laughs) email us at umpnormalcy at gmail.com.
1: So, yeah, with trick-or-treating, I mean, it was originally started out with kind of the supernatural entities like fairies and witches and headless horsemen and changelings and stuff like that, kind of things from Lure. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, as it's evolved and Halloween's taken off in TVs and TV shows and books and movies, it's become more commercialized. So now you have a bunch more of, you know, superheroes and horror villains and stuff like that. Hocus so, pocus. Yeah, hocus pocus. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, right now costumes are every, every any and everything you can think of. Oh, and yeah. things you probably wouldn't think of that are somehow Halloween costumes.
0: Well... Not just costumes. I just bought myself a Hocus Pocus shirt. Like I ordered it online, a Hocus Pocus shirt, and then I, you know, <laughs> like I ordered um, pillows with Halloween stuff on them, and it <laughs> it's just, yeah.
2: Because nothing yeah. says sweet dreams like your favorite cinema serial killer. <laughs> <fall asleep. laughs> <laughs> I love my
0: cereal or my my horror movie pillowcase.
2: Now in parts of Southern Ireland, the geysers included a hobby horse made from a horse's skull mounted on a pole and carried by an individual hidden under a sackcloth known as a lyrebon.
0: I've seen pictures of these things, and these are kind of creepy looking.
2: Yeah, they've actually been in a few
1: movies. They've had things like this as well. Actually, Um,
0: Dave was doing his research on this, and he showed me a picture of him, and I go on to um, Facebook, and I was scrolling through Facebook, you know, mindlessly as we all do, and because I listen to so many true crime podcasts, I get these um, "to hunt a killer" ads that pop up in my feed. And it just so happened that it had a liar bond in the f- the the video for the hunt <laughs> to hunt a serial killer or whatever it is. And I was I, I told David I just saw one of those in my Facebook feed, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I had to go back and find it for
1: him. Yeah, I and mean, that's what I love about the Halloween time. My Facebook thing is mostly covered with people. Doing They're posting Halloween pictures um, or just stories of, I don't know, because I'm, you know, strange, you know, all the murderous and kind of like creepy stories and stuff. Oh, My Facebook is full of those right now, which I absolutely love. What
0: I find awesome is I have so many closeted freak friends that are all into this kind of stuff, and it all comes out at Halloween. And I love it. I'm like, yes, you're just like me.
1: See, luckily enough, I have a few friends that just, are like me, and we'll talk about it and share about it year round. But then I got like my really close friends that you know are terrified of everything. I'm not yeah. going to mention his name. <laughs> uh, you know, his get scared of flea, uh, fleas, fly, <laughs> flies. He got
0: scared of fleas? <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> scared of flies and a rabbit and stuff like that. I think so I know who you're talking about. I think <laughs> yes, I remember, you know exactly. I think I remember watching
0: him running screaming from a bee once. So talking
1: about ghosts and. <laughs> You know things like that. Halloween stuff it isn't really his thing, but
0: I like to refer to was re- I've come out of like my shell because I used to hide a lot of my Halloween freakness. But I, I, I used to call it I was in the broom closet. <laughs> 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 like, I have now come out of the broom closet, and I'm more my myself.
1: So. Well, I think now because people are more open about everything about their beliefs, they're. Because people are, you know, they found out people agree with them or the same way. That beliefs in Halloween and the lure and all that stuff has become more popular lately. Um, We've talked about in a couple episodes how spirituality and all kind of these crazy things are becoming more popular because people aren't scared to say they're doing
2: it anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I think that and people also feel real empty with the alternatives. It's not personal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, one of the things that comes with Halloween that I find really fun is haunted houses. And I've been to a few. Um,
1: I've been kicked out of a few. <laughs> they don't <laughs> like it when you punch the clown back. Like <laughs> I don't get that. He jumps at me. I swing. I Spider actually have, <laughs> I have a really
0: funny uh, haunted house story like that. And it was me, Austin, Austin's sister, and then a group of her church girls. Because she was the head of a little church group and we all went to the haunted woods or haunted forest out there in Lexington.
3: Yeah.
0: And we're walking through, and, we get, and they have these little houses set up that you walk... I mean, you're walking trails in the woods, but then they have these little houses set up that you get in, and they're, like, pitch black. And we're walking around, and, you know, people jump out and, ah, scare you. <laughs> we're all walking, hands on each other's shoulders, kind of, so we don't get lost. So we don't get separated. I get separated. So then I start reaching out trying to find somebody and I find somebody so I just grab a hold of them. The next thing I know there's a flashlight shining in my face shining up at this guy in a mask. <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh, <laughs> and he just. He just flashed the flashlight towards the exit, and I'm like, thank you. And, and, and
2: much like at the strip club, you're not allowed to touch it.
0: <laughs> Here I was, like, hugging
1: him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love uh, haunted houses. It took me years to actually want to go to them. I used to, used to be scared of them, but then I started going to a couple, and they're really fun. But yeah, I've been kicked out of two, um, <laughs> all for the same thing, because I went to one, and like, he, the guy would actually come up and grab you, and, like, like, grab you from behind or something like that. And I just kind of turned really quick and threw my elbow out and hit him in the chin. Um, I get kicked out within the first turn on that one because he was the first guy that jumped out. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what the rest of it was like, but I'm sure it was nice. Everyone said it was fun. I mean, um,
2: I, I think if they're going to grab you, they're going to have to warn you about it before you go in. Yeah. Well, because they told you they
1: would come out. Like,
2: he said, oh, you okay. know, there's going to be touching
1: and stuff like that. But still, when you're looking forward and all of a sudden something grabs you from behind, you just kind of freak out like well, yeah i mean it, you, you also
2: it, don't know if you're getting rolled for your wallet or something yeah. and
0: well and if your fight or flight is to fight and you get scared you're gonna retaliate that's like our daughter whacked me in the face with a sword when i jumped out to scare her i didn't realize she had a sword in her hand and i jumped out and scared her and first thing she did is flung that sword and it <laughs> hit me right across the bridge of the nose
2: it, it was a wooden sword yeah I it it was was sword. Sword.
1: <laughs> yeah, might want to clarify. <coughs>
0: Yeah, it was a wooden sword, but it's still hard. She a, doesn't uh,
1: let her daughter play with
2: real swords. Just I just bite. So she wants knows.
0: to do fencing. we got to find somebody who does fencing to teach her how to fence.
2: I know how to fence. Oh. I put up the whole fence in the backyard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Different kind of fencing.
1: But there's yeah, a lot uh, of fun ones, <laughs> like fun haunted houses in our area. Mike um, Thunderbird One does the one that's really fun. Worst part about haunted houses for me is the wait to get in. Yes. Sometimes you sit in there for an hour waiting to get in, and it's just ridiculous.
0: Well, there was one, we got to one, the one that we went to out at Lexington, we got there relatively early, so we didn't have to wait in line very long, but they take you on a tractor, yeah. like a, like a hay ride out to where it starts, and then you walk back. Um, but it was, I it was probably a 20, 30 minute wait, which, I mean, is a long time. I know there's one in Bricktown that usually has a few hour wait. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like some of those you actually have to like call ahead, like actually do like reservations for a group just to get, to actually go to Speaking of haunted houses, while we're here, there's a movie coming out called Hellfest, and it looks pretty interesting. It's about a guy who goes to it's like a big carnival haunted house kind of celebration, but he's actually killing people there, and people aren't. It takes them; they don't know if he's part of the show or if he's actually really killing people. So this looks really kind of interesting.
0: Dave was literally just talking about that when I was doing my research about thirty minutes ago. That's
1: (laughs) always been my fear with haunted houses is that. The clown with the chainsaw isn't part of the show. (laughs) 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 And I think
0: that's what adds the scary feature to it. Because there's always that what ifs. Because to me, it's not that scary when you know it's actors. And that's kind of how I felt in the haunted woods. I wasn't, I mean, jump scares get you. What actually scared me most in that one is they had mattresses that were partially buried. And so you'd step and then the ground would fall out from underneath you. That was scarier to me. anything that was running out of the woods because that hurt. (laughs) We got to actually where we got through Austin in front because he was smaller so he had further or like least amount of distance to fall. So he was out front and he would fight him and then we would walk around them. (laughs) See the last few
1: times I've gone to, I've always been the one up front because I'm the biggest guy in my friend group. So I'm always the one who gets up front and I have to protect everybody. There was a, I think we did one in Oklahoma City somewhere. I think it might have been like Stanley Draper, or something like that. There's the randomly, you, know, like, you know, take pictures and stuff. And there's a picture of me looking dumbfounded. Like, <laughs> and then <laughs> three people all cowardly behind me peeking their heads out.
0: I love that. I love the Hard House I, picture. I
1: got to get my friend to send me that picture because it, it's so funny because I just look like an idiot. <laughs> and then I have like three heads sprouting out of my back because they're all hiding behind me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're like the Linny. <laughs> <laughs> like, which way do we go? Where, right. do we go <laughs> where do we go,
3: George? Where do we go?
0: All right, but haunted houses actually started back in the 19th century in London, and it started with Marie Tussaud. You all heard oh, of Madame Tussauds. Mm-hmm. Well, she had the Chamber of Horrors, where she would set up wax figures that represented the notorious murderers and victims, as long uh, as long with um, infamous historical figures. So, like, she had. Um,
2: so we're talking like, like Jack the Ripper setups. And yeah, stuff.
0: and then it's like there was a, a royal family in France that were all gu- guillotined, and so she had that yeah. set-up. And she actually did the death masks for that family. At the turn of the 20th century in Paris, the Grand Guignol um, would do stage depictions of graphic dismemberments, and the director of the theater, Max Murray, I may be pronouncing that wrong, but boasted that if he, he judged how good a performance was by how many people passed out in the audience. In 1915, in an English fairground in Lip-Hook, um they debuted one of the first ghost houses, which is kind of along the lines of the, the haunted houses. Yeah. Um, haunted houses in America actually began during the Great Depression. And we talked about how trick-or-treating stopped. But they started those because it was a way for parents to distract the children during Halloween, or the kids during Halloween, to keep them from doing pranks.
2: And burning down the damn city.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Um, But Haunted Houses really did not become popular in culture until Disney built um, the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland in 1969.
2: Now, is that still open today?
0: I believe so. I've been to Disneyland, but I was like a year old, so I don't remember. Oh. Um, And it was a hit. After debuting, it was a hit, and it was 82,000 visitors in like just the fir- very short opening time.
2: Oh wow, uh, that's a lot of
0: people. Yeah. Then the United States Junior Chamber, also known as the JCS, became famous for raising money through haunted houses. They would put together haunted houses. In fact, they got so good at it that they wrote a book on how to do it. Now, there's a famous serial killer that was a member of the JCS, and he used to dress up like a clown. Do either of you know who he was?
2: John Wayne Gacy.
0: That is correct. Little little trivia there. Um, in California, at Knott's Berry's Farm, they began hosting their own Halloween attractions that later turned into a full multi-week event, kind of like they do at the zoo here. They do haunt the zoo, and it's pretty much just Halloween that you go and you can trick-or-treat at the zoo, but they have decorations out all all month long. And then um, I know Frontier City does a big Halloween month. Fry fest kind Pride of thing. Yeah. fest, yeah. yeah. Um, because we got married October 15th, and my bachelorette party was actually at Frontier City. <laughs> so we were there and everybody was dressed up and all kinds of stuff going on. I didn't know that. Yep. You went to Vegas. I went to Frontier City. Yeah.
2: Uh, Sounds <laughs> like you got the shaft.
0: <laughs> I had fun. That was my type of thing.
2: Oh, she got the shaft all right. Oh, <laughs>
1: that's my sister.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry, Mom. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. I'm married. it doesn't matter. Um, Then the evangelical Christians even started making their own anti-Halloween attractions.
2: Um, Now that's I got to hear about. (laughs) In
0: 1972, Liberty University introduced one of the first hell houses. What the hell houses were is they would take people through on a tour and show them what happened to sinners when they got to hell. (laughs) Oh my God. Sounds awesome. (laughs) There was one story talking about how it starts with the like an angel leading a gay man who died from AIDS through the levels of hell, like that's what this is. So you know.
2: So the levels of hell, according to like
0: the Christian Bible, like, like so, so hell versus purgatory and all that stuff. But I mean, does it
2: go into like like Dante's Inferno does? Uh,
0: probably not, but I don't no. know. I didn't read that much into it. I, like I said, I did my research about thirty minutes before we started recording. Now in the eighties, when the slasher films started, well, I guess the late seventies, early eighties. And the flashers, f- splashers, the slasher films started. Um, haunted houses got a huge jump and they started throwing in Freddy Cougars and, you know, Jasons and Michael Myers all into these haunted all houses. All my heroes. Yeah. Some pinheads. They mm-hmm. would actually themselves, the, those characters would be in the haunted houses. So it would bump the income.
2: Plus not to mention it, it was pretty easy to get a costume like that. Exactly. You know.
0: Um, and around that time, professional haunted houses emerged. Um, and they were able to outspend the nonprofits like the JCs, so they, the JCs and the other nonprofits really started to struggle at that at that point. Then in May, or May eleventh of nineteen eighty four, um, eight teenagers were killed when a fire swept through the haunted castle at Six Flags Great Adventure Park in New Jersey. Oh no! Um, it, they said that they burned so hot and so fast that they could not recognize any of the bodies and it took days to identify the victims. This led to the shutdown of many attractions and politicians um, enacted strong safety regulations on the haunted attractions. Um, the volunteer organizations couldn't compete and a lot of them shut down including the JCs. But during the next 20 years uh, there were numbers there are numbers of professional haunted houses. And they've all erupted. Now it's a $30 million a year industry. Th- sorry, not 30, $300 million a year industry.
1: We should get into this.
0: <laughs> so we can do the
1: podcast from there and have people <laughs> screaming behind us. it be awesome.
0: Well, just one popular haunted house can make up to $3 million in one season. Oh. We
1: need to get on this now. <laughs> that means we wouldn't have to work the whole rest of the year. We just plan and podcast. <laughs> I think this is a great idea, guys.
0: <laughs> so we're going to have the UMP Normalcy podcast or slash Haunted Houses.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it'll be our recording studio when it's not Halloween season. And then we'll... yeah there we Exactly. Are. I like this. We, we got this going now.
2: You wouldn't need it. Uh, essentially, you wouldn't need a big enough space if you put enough turns into there. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <we can laughs> just do it in my living room. <laughs> yeah, Just... just Like the, like at the airport where you got to go up to get your ticket and you got to walk through like (laughs) the the windabout thing, even though there's no one else in line. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Where did we go the other day? I was.
2: The. uh, It was. The it health science museum, or, or the, no. The
0: Oklahoma Science Museum. Oklahoma
2: Science Museum.
0: Like, there was nobody in line, and then, yeah, they have those little roped off things, and it was like, you're not really going to make me walk through all these, right? I could go under, right?
2: Should <laughs> <laughs> I just go out the exit and come around <laughs> <Yeah>. to you? <laughs> so
1: kind of going with haunted houses and stuff. So now, the exter- uh, at least I've just now noticed it. So, you know, like, there's Comic-Cons and stuff. Well, they have, like, Halloween Fest-Cons.
0: I know. I've discovered this, too. And I've too. been
1: watching videos on it, and I want to go so bad.
0: They have one in Tulsa every year. I'm sure they have one in Oklahoma City, too. We like, I didn't know
1: one. these things existed till like, this week. And, like, I am super excited. I mean, I want to go to Comic-Con, too. But Hall- these Halloween Fest things look awesome.
0: Yeah, they do. I, saw, I Actually, was today, I, it was on Facebook. I was scrolling through when somebody was posting pictures from one and I'm like, I want to go. <laughs> now, back in December, um, December 8th of 1976, a production crew for the TV show The Six Million Dollar Man were filming the Carnival of Spies episode at the Pike Amusement Zone in Long Beach, California. And a prop man was going through all the wax mannequins and dummies when one of the arms fell off. And when that arm fell off, saw inside that there were bones and human tissue.
2: Oh, no way.
0: The police were called. Um, the corpse was taken to the Los Angeles coroner and they did an autopsy. The autopsy was done and it was determined that the body was that of a male who died from a gunshot wound to the chest.
1: And then dressed up as a mannequin and used in TV shows. No. Oh. That's what it sounds like.
0: The body was covered in wax and phosphorus paint. The exam revealed an incision from from the original autopsy and embalming. So it had already been dead and embalmed. Tests were conducted on the tissue, and it was found to have the presence of asbestos, not asbestos, arsenic, which was found in embalming fluid in the 1920s. It was also determined that he had tuberculosis in his lungs, and the bullet had been removed, but the bullet jacket was found and determined to be that of a gas check, which were used from 1905 to 1940. So, and then inside of his mouth, they found a 1924 penny and ticket stubs to the Pike Sideshow and the Lewis, or yeah, Lewis Sonny's Museum of Crime. To me, this is the saddest part because they were using this poor dead guy as a trash can. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: maybe the penny under the tongue had something to do with it. The penny,
0: I think, was from like... To pay
2: pay the boatman. Yeah.
0: I think it was actually from the embalming process because it was
2: 1924.
0: Oh, okay. But I just, uh, but this did give them a place of contact, so they contacted Dan Sonny, who was the son of Louis Sonny, and he confirmed the identity of the corpse as Elmer McCurdy. Now Elmer McCurdy was born in 1980, or 191880 uh, in Washington, uh, Maine, and was an American bank and train robber. Who was shot and killed in a shootout with police after uh, robbing a train in Oklahoma in October of 1911? So we just brought this all the way back to Oklahoma because this is an Oklahoma podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> How odd was that? I, I just stumbled upon this.
3: I remember
1: that's hearing, cool. like, the stories of that. I've seen
0: it on, like, Rig, Rigley's Believe It or Not. The yeah. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Here's the funny thing. It's not funny. It's kind of sad, too. He was robbing this train because he thought that this train had $400,000 in a cash royalty to be paid to the Osage Nation.
2: Oh, my goodness. And in 1910, that that's, like, 000, 000, 000 a billion dollars. <laughs>
0: yeah. But instead, it was just a passenger train. And all he and his men were able to to rob were forty-six dollars from the mail clerk, uh, basically two pints of whiskey, and an automatic revolver, a coat, and
2: a watch. See, now that's a good score for them, though, because because forty-six dollars. <laughs> it's a couple hundred bucks day. today. Oh, more than that. Let's let's do an inflation check.
0: <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> um, but it was actually written that this was. The saddest, wor- bang- or tra- sad- the worst train robbery in history or something like that. <laughs> the smallest train robbery in history. Um, but anyway, as you can uh, guess, he was pretty depressed about this. And he had the tuberculosis and it was getting really bad at the time. So he just started drinking whiskey.
2: All I'm saying uh. is people rob gas stations today for less.
0: True. <laughs> Very true. But then I, two days later, a posse of three sheriffs came up, got in a gunfight with him. He was shot and killed. Uh, now, his body was taken to the Johnson's Funeral Home in Fahusky, Oklahoma, where it went unclaimed. And because it went unclaimed, Johnson wasn't going to bury it until he got money for the body. So he just propped the body up in the corner in some street clothes, gave it a shotgun, and sold uh, tickets to see it for four or five, or for a nickel piece. He, and he called it the bandit who wouldn't give up. So he just charged five cents a person to take a look at this dead body.
2: And that was a lot of money back then. Yeah. You could get a shave for a nickel.
0: Then five years later, two men from California came to claim the body, saying that they were the long-lost brothers. Well, they were actually Charles and James Patterson of the Great Patterson Carnival, which is a traveling carnival in California. He was displayed for the carnival as the outlaw who would never, would never be captured alive. And oh, ah,
2: changed the name.
0: Yeah. Same type of thing, you know.
1: Marketing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> copyright infringement you know (laughs) (laughs) um when patterson sold to lewis Sonny, it went on tour with his museum of crime and when lewis died his son dan lent it lent his body to filmmaker david friedman um, and the body actually makes an appearance in the 1967 movie she freak
2: I've never heard of that movie.
0: I have neither until I saw this. So all this time
1: was I guess already sorry, covered in wax, and
0: yes, it had been covered okay. in wax. So
1: this time they still had no idea it was actually yeah. a real body.
0: Probably not. Then in '68, Sonny sold it to um, sold it and other wax figures to the Hollywood Wax Museum. Um, and during an exhibit in Cabot in, in Canada, part of McCurdy's ears and fingers were blown off. Fingers and toes were blown off in a windstorm. And it was determined that the body was too gruesome to be on display for the show anymore. So the bodies were, the, his body was sold to the Pike in 1976, where it was then discovered. Now, once they discovered the body, it was actually sent back to Oklahoma and given a proper burial at the Summit Valley Cemetery in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And there were about 300 in attendance at this burial. And they put two feet of concrete on top of the casket so nobody would steal the body. So he could finally be at rest.
3: Now,
2: is, that c- is that cemetery haunted? All what cemetery are is, haunted? is it? <laughs> Jeff Provine, if you're listening, message us on Facebook and let us know if that cemetery actually, is haunted. Actually,
0: he, he posted on Facebook that they're going to start doing the Guthrie tours. So That'll be fun.
2: Oh, very cool. Guthrie's actually a really cool town.
0: It is. I've actually been, because it used to be the capital of Oklahoma. When Oklahoma first became a state, Guthrie was our capital. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of old historic buildings and stuff in Guthrie, and it's a really cool place
2: we went there one year on a field trip to go see the printing press place, yes, the old we newspaper did too. place, and it's still pretty much functioning. They mm-hmm. let you put together a newspaper with the old uh, tap dies and things. Yep, and
0: we went there you, and did that too.
2: You print it out, and,
0: and then we also did um, the inauguration of the first governor. We reenacted it um, we at the original that. capital. That's because you guys didn't have Ms. Young. She was the best fourth grade teacher ever, um, but. She, um, <laughs> I played the first lady of Oklahoma and it just so happened that my fourth grade boyfriend was the governor of Oklahoma in that little skip. It was fun. But yeah, I think haunted houses need to be the business that we get into and let's not put dead corpses in it. We
1: but that makes it authentic. Yeah. Can we at least kill in our
2: haunted house? But then
0: the police come in and they shut us down oh. and then we quit making the money and all our money goes to legal fees and it just doesn't sound like fun.
2: And it sounds like OSHA would definitely be involved. In yeah, OSHA way. would have a big issue with this on at <laughs> Fine,
1: we'll You're do the, it the right f- way. You're the 10th
0: customer today. You get to get slaughtered and hung up in the back room. You don't tell them. Oh. we'll see, I've just screwed it up <laughs> all you the call g- it
2: the special <laughs> to <tool>. me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just basically any single person that's there wow, by themselves. These
1: them bell hooks look real. Is that real? That looks like that's really good fake blood. <laughs> yeah, it's fake. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fake? Now I'm just gonna lift you up here real quick. What are you doing? No, no. Ah!
3: <laughs>
1: I may have thought this out too much.
0: Yeah, I'm a little <laughs> worried now.
2: Those intrusive thoughts.
0: <laughs> we all have them. It's okay. It's just you don't act out on them. You can have them.
1: Just don't That's why I out. play video games. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so what are some other Halloween things?
1: Well, I got a list here of uh, just kind of things that are tied in with Halloween that are really prominent. Um, so you got like black cats, which is a big thing for Halloween. Um, that all ties into the witches. Um, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. And then we got like the jack-o'-lanterns. Now, you know, it seems like a very least offensive Halloween activity to do. You're not damaging anything. But the actual story behind it is kind of a grisly story. Um, There's a in Celtic folklore a farmer named Jack, when I had one too many pints and uh, decided to trick the devil. Um, You know something we all want to do. Um, And because of this, his because of his poor choice, he was banned from both heaven and hell. He was sent to live the rest of his life through purgatory. So he carved a lantern out of a turnip. To light his way through limbo, and so as the story goes, you know, because of the story, Irish families and the ones who immigrated to America kind of grew into this whole thing of carving a pumpkin to light spirits home on like light the spirits home, like uh, inviting Jack back home on Halloween night. And of course, as it integrated into American society, um, with pumpkins being something that was grown here but not really in Ireland at the time. Pumpkins became the choice instead of a turnip, so that one's always kind of cool. I never really understood the whole jack o' lantern thing. I always saw jack o' lanterns from uh, the headless horseman yeah. using yeah. jack yeah, a, a jack o' lantern as his head.
0: But I guess it's kind of the same premise, right? Because the jack o' lantern lights.
2: I, I've also heard the myth that the jack o' lantern scares off spirits because of the way it. Yeah, I've it, heard it, it used to
0: scare so. off spirits, and you know, again with the fire scaring evil away. I mean. If you're scaring away demons and you got fire, to do it. Or pumpkins. Are there pumpkins at the spirits? (laughs) No, I mean
2: pumpkins. Scaring off the demons. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think they're scared of pumpkins no matter how they're carved. Oh my god,
1: it's a spirit. Here's a pumpkin spice.
0: No! (laughs) That's what the basic bitches have got it down.
1: Keep those demons away with their pumpkin spice everything.
0: Uh, Yeah, so I love the smell of pumpkin spice cannot stand the taste of pumpkin <laughs> like smells 10 times better than it tastes
2: you can't even spell white girl
1: no <laughs> <laughs> well with jack o lanterns just stuff, that was actually one of my favorite things growing up as kids We're carving jack-o'-lanterns and we used to bake the s- pumpkin seeds yeah. and i obviously well i haven't done that in forever i decided i'm gonna have to do it this year we'll do it this year because
0: kylie and dean need to do pumpkins and yeah Dave and I carved... I was with Dave the first time he ever carved a pumpkin, and that was, what, seven years ago?
1: Yeah. I need to get my drawing skills back on track so I can do a really cool one.
0: I actually have carving tools in my drawer (laughs) because it's Halloween.
1: So, also, we have bats. They're kind of like, you know, like black cats. Uh, They were believed to be a gift from the devil bestowed upon women who promised their souls to him. And it's like a witch's familiar. It was bad luck seeing a bat... Uh, foretold death. It was also believed that if a bat flew in your house on Halloween night, it was believed that ghosts were present as well because as the ghosts would sneak in, the bats would fly in with them because uh, bats can fly through w- doors and windows, I guess. Uh, um,
0: now, bats, like black cats, are adorable. Yeah. Like, bats are pretty freaking adorable little creatures. Now, when they're flying around, yeah, depending on how close they get because sometimes they do get tangled up in your hair or whatnot. But they're pretty. They're pretty.
1: Key. The best <laughs> picture of a cat is there's a meme going around that was two bats hanging upside down. And it's like, if you flip this over correctly, it looks like they're having a mad dance contest. <laughs> 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 um, and then spiders. <laughs> this one actually kind of surprised me. Um, the, ty- the spiders kind of tie back to middle age beliefs that if you saw a spider on Halloween, that means a past loved one or a spirit of a loved one is watching you. Um, so for all those people who hate spiders, if you kill them on Halloween, you're killing the spirit of a loved one, okay?
0: Well, you know what? My loved ones know not to come into my house as spiders <laughs> because I have a rule, and that rule is in my house, it's my territory. If you're a spider, you're dead. Outside, <laughs> it's your territory. You may live. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then witches. Witches. Um, Which is one of the most common Halloween (laughs) beliefs. Um, Yes, you're sitting across from me, Amy. You are one. Um,
0: (laughs) I'll get you, my pretty little dog, too.
1: (laughs) So witches were, you know, basically they were single, widowed, unmarried, or socially awkward solitary women over the age of 40. In the Dark Ages, you were pretty much labeled as a witch.
2: Nowadays, Um, they're called cat ladies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And most of these, you know, kind of beliefs resembled crones from Celtic mythology, you know, gray hair, warts, gnarled joints, you know, bent from old age. Um, and they were looked down upon and feared from society. So that's where the cats come from, black cats and stuff cuz every time they're in the witch trials and stuff they would capture a witch and take her to kill her or burn her at the stake, they'd be surrounded by cats and just kind of, you know, crazy cat people.
0: One of my favorite books is wicked and you know what it's all about a witch (laughs) actually a bunch of witches
1: um and then you got like cauldrons and broomsticks which are all tie in with uh witches cauldrons you know you always see the pictures of uh yes amy just touched her cauldron i have an actual cast iron cauldron
0: it's awesome
1: believe that as they're you know brewing something uh they're actually brewing in souls of people who are awaiting reincarnation and as they would turn it they would release older souls um to be reborn in the same air. So,
2: oh my goodness, that comes from Celtic folklore that was the the Dagda's cauldron did that exact thing. Hmm. Huh. Um and and some scholars even think that well right around the time that the Dagda's cauldron was lost to folklore and history is around the time when the 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 Jesus cup the Holy up. Grail. Long yeah, Grail. the Holy Grail showed up. Interesting.
0: Hmm. Well, what that made me think of is um Scooby-Doo and Spooky Island when he has the cauldron of all the souls from all the people on the island, the guests on the island. That's what that reminded me of. Or even um, what is it? Little Mermaid. Ursula's Cauldron. Oh yeah, and she has the souls of all the mermaids. She has all all the the souls of all the mermaids and stuff dropped in there. Yeah.
1: And then you have like the broomsticks, you know, that are always pictured with witches. Uh, Amy's got some hanging over her door. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um you know, so if she needs a quick getaway, she can just grab her broom and fly away.
0: <laughs> That's funny, our son today was riding on a broomstick. <laughs> like he was sitting on it like a little stick horse and he was walking around the living room on it. And <laughs> it popped into my head, I was like, hmm, he learned from Mama. <laughs> because one year for Christmas I asked Dave, he's like, What do you want for Christmas? And I said, I want a broomstick. Without skipping a beat, he goes, What? Your car break down
1: <laughs> Well the broomsticks, um, Actually, were originally like uh, walking sticks um, with witches because they were always so old and they had poor eyesight. and So they use walking sticks to navigate, you know, to help them walk around in the forest and everything. Well, then it kind of became a broomstick. So I don't know how she was using the broomstick to help walk, but it kind of came to the same purpose of, you know, they have the broomstick to get around because they can't walk or see very well to walk around. Um, so that's kind of where the broomstick kind of thing came from.
0: One of my favorite scenes in Hocus Pocus is when they lose their broomsticks and they have to <laughs> <throwing> <laughs> find on a mop so, and so one a gets the mop, cleaner. one gets the vacuum cleaner, yeah. <laughs> and one gets the broom, and the, the the demise of them is the vacuum cleaner because somebody grabs a hold of the cord and like, just pulls her. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> <But>
1: <laughs> and then uh, you know, black and orange being the main colors of Halloween. That's really just come from the decaying foliage. Foliage? Foliage, foliage yeah. Yeah. Uh, fall foliage. As you know, it starts to turn brown and die. And yeah. That so that's kind of where the colors came from. Fall colors um, are the prettiest colors. I love fall colors.
2: That's really interesting.
1: In the recent years, purple and green were also added to help... Uh, with the colors of Halloween and fall, and I have definitely
0: seen a lot more purple, green, orange, and black. Like that's, no,
1: I didn't know anything about the purple and green actually, I just read it when I was doing research. my Hocus
0: Pocus shirt that I'm waiting for to come in. Actually, is orange, I mean I orange, get the or green, orange, green, purple, and black.
1: I mean, I guess I can get it because you know the original costumes and stuff for witches were like purple outfits with. Green makeup and
0: I think it just because it looks aesthetically pleasing together. Yeah, I yeah, I was about to say that. Like I, with I, the I, color
2: wheel, they're all opposite of each other. Yeah. Um, I think it
0: just looks pretty together.
1: And this next one, it's a really common thing on Halloween. Um, I it doesn't really have much to tie in with Halloween, but bobbing for apples. Yep. Um, <clears throat> it was believed to have psychic properties, and it was believed that if you were able to, if you're the first person to bob an apple without using your hands, um, you'd be the first to marry. So, um, just kind of, I did, didn't think anything about that. Hmm. Um, kind of has an odd thing to you know tie in with Halloween, but
0: you know, I cannot remember ever bobbing for apples.
1: I did it a couple times at like the school Halloween festivals. Maybe I did in elementary to, school. But I don't remember. Um, I went mostly to those for the dunk tanks to yeah dunk the teachers, but. I do remember bobbing for apples a couple times. Now
0: every Halloween I do some type of apple dessert, whether it be candied appled or I make little apple pies in apples. I like core out the apples and then make chop up this stuff and make pies and put it in the apple mm. and bake well, them.
1: Apples actually have a little bit of a Halloween or a lure to them as well. Um, I couldn't find a whole lot on it. I did see a bunch of tied yeah. apples and candy apples and stuff into Halloween. Um, it's something to do with the represented cutting something. I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, couldn't, like I said, I couldn't get a whole lot of information on it. So apples have a tie with Halloween. It's
0: basically just because it's the harvest time, and that's when the apples are ready to, yeah. p- to, to harvest. Now, last year, I think I did pumpkin soup for Halloween. And yeah, that was I, really good. I don't like pumpkin, so I didn't <laughs> like it much. Oh, I love
2: that. One year when you, when you did candy apples, but you actually slice the apples?
0: Yeah, I sliced the apples, and then I coated them in the caramel After they'd been sliced.
2: Because typically when you eat a candy apple, you just kind of go around the edges and then throw the rest away. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, these were like, they were on like skewers. You get the caramel and forget the apple. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and you put them on skewers. Yeah, skewers.
0: They're like a candied apple popsicle. Yeah,
2: Hmm. with real apples and real caramel. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: that's just kind of the, you know, things that are tied in with Halloween. And of course, there's always more. I mean, from nowadays, thing is, you know, horror movies for Halloween. Yeah. Um, I know we did our top 10 Halloween or Halloween movies. Um, I may have started watching them early. So my I'm getting a few days ahead of myself here. Um, I just watched uh, The Rise and Fall of Leslie Vernon. Such a good one. It cracked me up. It's still one of my
2: favorites. It's so <laughs> funny.
0: We haven't, w- we haven't watched a whole lot yet. We need to get on
2: that. I have. Me and Kylie have.
0: Oh, yes. What was that one?
1: big monster th- squad oh monster squad yes you and kylie watch monster squad and of course you know as you get older you got the halloween parties that everyone goes to dressed up uh, you guys have any cool uh or funny stories for halloween i know i do so
0: funny stories from halloween you
1: know costumes or anything like that
0: i won as my D and D character one year
1: i remember that you made a staff and i, had, I, I
0: we actually made a staff and then i got elf ears because i was a half elf and then i got a red and black wig and I made my costume and I was my I was my elf sorceress.
1: Nerd. No. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I
0: always have like these grandiose plans of what like we're gonna do like a family costume and then come Halloween i procrastinated too long and it's just not gonna happen. Yeah. But well one we, thing
1: is I don't never like spending the money on big, big real costumes. I've so.
0: made I made our daughter's costumes every year, but this last year I didn't make that one. Actually her first Halloween I didn't make that costume, and then I made them all until last year, and then last year I, we bought pieces. She was a butterfly. We just bought wings yeah. and stuff.
2: You've made some pretty cool costumes, like the ghost one. The when ghost you, one is awesome. When you had the ghost one, we were out trick or treating with her, and all the l- other little kids wouldn't come near her and trick or treat <laughs> with I'll her. Have,
0: I'll have to post a picture of the ghost costume. The ghost costume
1: was pretty darn creepy. Yeah, I remember so. some cool costumes growing up. My mom made a bunch of them.
0: You uh, won costume. Con- you always had like the coolest con- costumes. Yeah. I never won a costume. I My Mom contest. made me Chad a, a
1: lion costume once. I won a school co- contest with that one, and I remember my most popular one that everyone loved literally came from a trash bag
0: yes you're a fisherman because
1: i was standing in a trash bag like pulling it up to my waist and someone goes you know what we'll make it a fisherman costume she cut little leg holes and sewed it up so it looked like uh the um high wa- or what do they called high waters or whatever the the, the yeah. water the waiters yeah, waiters. Waiters, there waiters there we go yeah um and then had a fishing pole and a fishing hat with lures and stuff on it but uh over the last few years yeah, we've done some me and my friends used to do Halloween parties all the time. Now that I don't drink, I don't do a whole lot of them. My favorite one, though, being, you know, we're from Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, OU Sooners. Boomer. Uh, Sooner. Well, you know, our biggest rival is the Texas Longhorns. So me and Austin decided to dress up as uh, Longhorns fans for Halloween one time. And this included buck teeth, um, Daisy Duke shorts, uh, <laughs> boots. <laughs> it was uh, pretty classic. Sh- Cut-off sleeveless shirt, Texas shirts, Uh Sleeveless shirts, mullet um, hairdos. Got a lot of likes for that one. That was one of my favorite ones to wear. It was freezing. That <laughs> we know. So those Daisy Dukes really sucked. And I'm a big man, so you can only picture how frightening it was to see me in Daisy Dukes. That's
0: one thing about Halloween in Oklahoma. <laughs> it's either hot and you're co- you, your costume's too much, or it's freezing and it's raining. Yeah. like So you never really know how to plan. So every time when I make the kids' costumes, I'm like, all right, I'm going to make it with... Long sl- So long sleeves can be worn under it, but then if we don't need it, we don't have to have it. <laughs> <laughs> Good thinking. We always... Uh, you never know what it's going to do on Halloween here. Uh, we
2: need to put these pictures. We need to dig out these pictures and put them on our Instagram and stuff <laughs> I and gotta, Facebook. And I
1: know I have that picture of me and Austin somewhere. I, don't I know th- it was on Facebook. It might be on his Facebook. It was on one of our Facebooks for a long time. I think
0: I have a profile pic, a pic of my elf one. Yeah. Like... I don't think but I actually have a whole op- picture. I've
1: always loved the dressing up for Halloween um over the last few years because like I said I've quit drinking so I don't party. I don't have kids to go out with, so I don't really have a reason to dress up, but this year I'm going to anyway. I think me and Austin are gonna do Freddy versus Jason. Cool. He's gonna be Freddy, and I'm gonna be Jason, um, if I have the money.
0: I've been thinking about uh dressing our son up as Chucky. Yeah. From children's or child's play. That'd be cool.
2: I Kylo- hope, Kylo I hope you wants can to be, be p- a vampire. I hope you can pull it off and it doesn't just look like Raggedy Ann. Because <laughs> it's essentially the same clothes. I'm Raggedy color Andy. And well, the
0: thing is, he has no hair. He's like almost two and he's just now starting to get hair.
3: It's gonna be pretty so.
1: That's kind of an easy one, though. You just need a rainbow-colored long sleeve shirt, like a uh, striped yeah. shirt with some overalls. And then you just got to paint little stitches across his face. Yeah. And then kind of a...
0: Spray paint his hair orange or something. Yeah. Give him a little knife to play with. Well, he likes to play with those little knives in the kitchen over there. So, <laughs> the, the toy kitchen.
2: Um. Toy knives. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, We don't condone sharp objects with children. Even though Amy keeps saying we do. Especially not that kid.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every Everything is a weapon. <laughs> he likes to yeah, stab and, you
1: with a sword. <laughs> and I bear the brunt of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember my funnest Halloween costume was actually thrown together at the last minute. I was... 13, 14, you know, at the age I probably shouldn't be trick-or-treating, but we did it anyway, uh, me and my friend. I had this old, like, troll mask, so I had that with, like, an Afro wig, but (laughs) then I used our stepdad's long, like, leather trench coat. Uh, I wore all black gloves, and I had a hat over the wig and everything, so it looked kind of weird, but I freaked so many people out. Of course, I was also like... I'd say like almost six foot at the time already. So (laughs) (laughs) when someone opens the door and sees this giant guy in gloves and a mask and no kids around them, they kind of freak out a little bit. Um, I had a kid get scared when I walked past him that he dropped his candy and ran off. So (laughs) we got a whole (laughs) bag of candy.
0: I don't like masks. People with masks scare me. But now, my favorite Halloween costume actually wasn't Halloween that we did this. Uh, My friend Marie and I back in seventh or eighth grade. We were going to go to stop-and-go video. This is until my age, you know, when you went to the store and rented videos. And we were going to go to stop-and-go video. She was in the night. Well, we dressed up in full goth. Like, black. We wore black hose, We cut holes in them. And we spray, spray-painted our hair black and did black makeup. And we just went total goth.
3: <laughs> we went I remember and, <laughs> this
0: night. <laughs> we went to stop-and-go video. We thought we were hot shit. I still think we probably looked damn good. But, anyway, we're there. And in walks... Our science teacher, who uh, also oh. who who wanted to take a picture of it for the yearbook. I don't remember if it's in the yearbook or not. I have to pull it out and see. But yes, it was it was Marie and I dressed in full goth <laughs> um, because we wanted to be cool.
2: We need to find that yearbook <laughs> if that picture's in there. <laughs> I don't.
0: I remember her taking the picture, but I don't remember seeing it. I don't remember if it was in the yearbook or not. But, yes, that was that was so much... It was just fun. It just was kind of getting to be who we were. When you get dressed up, you now. just kind
1: of... You get to be things you aren't. You, well, you, you get to be things you can't be. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the cool the thing stuff about you, it. Well,
0: like, with the goth... I always wanted to be goth. Like, I always... Like, I was always, like, attracted to, like, the goth guys, and I wanted to be goth.
1: <laughs> I was a goth guy.
0: But yeah, so I always wanted to be goth. So I got to be what I wanted to be, because... I. I was really shy and really reserved back at that time. So I was too shy to be gone.
1: <laughs> so you always wanted to dress up for work Did with our job. You know, I thought it'd be fun. I'm a huge Batman fan. So I always <laughs> wanted to dress up as Batman and show up to open people's cars and be like, I'm here to save the day. <laughs> oh, that'd be! Oh. I'm not the locksmith you wanted, but I'm the locksmith
2: you need. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let, let's back up to, to Mrs. Young. Mm-hmm. So she had a camera with her. It wasn't
0: Miss Young. This was just our Miss Russell was our. Um, oh, I don't know where I got science Ms. Young teacher from then. Because I talked about her in fourth grade when we went to gathering.
2: The your science teacher just was carrying a camera with her, because this was before like cell phones had cameras. And yeah, all that stuff. I guess
0: so. I remember That's getting a picture creepy. taken.
1: Hmm. I mean, nowadays, if a teacher outside of school wanted to take pictures of little girls. Probably would be flagged for something. Well, this
0: was also around the time when digital cameras were starting to come out. They were still big and bulky, but people were starting to get digital cameras. So, I mean, that could have very well been too. But, I, I mean, I just remember a picture being taken. And it may have been even been mom taking the picture and sending uh, well, it to her. Because mom was friends with her. When
1: me so. and Austin wore the know. Texas alf- uh, fans outfits, everywhere we stopped, we had to take at least ten pictures. <laughs> we went to the gas <laughs> station behind my house. And, I mean, just walking to the gas station, we got stopped twice. (laughs) And then inside, everyone who came in just started laughing and taking pictures of us. Um, That was definitely one of the funnest Halloweens. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, of course, I think throughout the night. Oh, the funniest part about that is that wig I had. That whole night I was wearing the wig. I didn't take it off. And people thought it was my real hair. So they (laughs) thought I really drew this huge like Joe Dirt mullet. And then I scared a guy when I pulled my hat off the wig came with it. (laughs) (laughs) His eyes just got huge. He's like, Oh my god, I thought that was real. But he was also a heavy drinker, so
0: Well, I mean, I I can't remember a favorite Halloween costume. I mean, I think I quit trick-or-treating at around twelve.
1: Yeah, that's about when I quit.
0: But I always had I I still have so much fun handing out candy. Like, that's one of my favorite things to do. And it used to be on Halloween night, ghost hunters would do their live episode. So I would sit up with the laptop in front of me and the TV on, and I would just sit up all night and watch the live episode yeah. of their investigation and hand out candy. Like, that was, like, the best night. Now I have kids, so I go out and trick-or-treat with them, and I just leave candy on the porch. But I, that, that was probably one of my favorite things, is going in, or just handing out candy to the trick-or-treaters. The last, I mean, the last Halloween party we went to was... That wasn't one of the school Halloween parties. Was right before when I found out I was pregnant. Like I was before I found out I was pregnant, but it was when I was the wizard or the yeah. the sorceress. Yeah.
3: And then I haven't been one since I had the kids. Pretty so. sure one is
0: Brett Michaels. Like. Yeah, that was the one that. Yeah, they kept calling you Broke Bat Mountain. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I didn't dress up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody was just like, "Oh, you're the guy from The Hangover." <laughs> I thought you were Zach Galifianakis. I, <laughs> yes, yeah. Because yeah. I got I got a big beard and I wear just. T-shirts with a pocket on them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah everybody, everybody's like, "Oh, you're that guy from the Hangout. You're Zach Paul Galifianakis." And Dave's like, "Sure, whatever." <laughs> 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 and then that that was that somebody got you the shirt that had the the baby, the baby on it yeah. from the movie, the Carlos. <laughs> yeah, the Carlos. <laughs> 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 yes, that was that was a fun Halloween. I mean, my friends would always come over, and like in middle school, my friends would come over, and we would do like Ouija. In séances, and we actually do that still. We don't I mean we don't do Ouija, but we do tarot, and we usually have a tape recorder set out, and we do try to do some spirit, spirit communications on Halloween night after the kids go to bed.
2: Oh yeah, that's uh, a great night for divination. Yeah, I've
1: always just wanted to go to a graveyard on Halloween, so. <laughs> And my voice was really deep right then because I'm I ready just to cough. always <laughs> to go to a
3: graveyard for Halloween.
1: Oh, no, I just thought it, it's <laughs> creepy. And of course, it's you're not supposed to go to graveyards after dark anyway. But
2: Now, I want to start a petition that we need November 1st off. It needs to be a federal holiday. I completely agree.
1: So you can stay up and do whatever you want to do Halloween night. Uh, I,
0: I, I'm game for it. But
1: hey, you're my boss. I'm get, I'm off uh, November first now. Thanks, because that's um, also All
2: Saints' Day. Yeah. For for Catholic people and.
0: But then again, I also think you should get the day after Thanksgiving off. I think that should just be a straight given holiday, just because so many people travel <coughs> for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might as well take it off too.
2: And it's Black Friday, and no one wants to be at work anyway. Mm. So. And and July fifth. Yeah. Because. July fourth, all the festivities all don't start be, till all
1: holidays should be at least two days. We'll
2: just and, put it that and way.
0: March 18th. And March eighteenth. <laughs> <laughs> and oh yeah. Definitely after Saint Patrick's Day. <laughs> Ooh
3: boy. And then
0: February fifteenth, so everybody can either, you know, sober up from their single night of drinking and or and Singles go, awareness day. Or go and get um, you know, their morning after pill, whatever <laughs> it is you need. Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, correction. We February fourteenth isn't a uh, federal holiday. Oh, it's not. Huh? February 10th is for President's Day.
0: We don't get that one. So, I mean, you could make November 1st a holiday. It's not gonna mean that everybody's gonna close down. We won't, Chad. Damn. <sighs> but, yeah. Halloween is by far one of my... It is my favorite holiday.
1: But the worst and thing with holiday, ha- holidays now Halloween now is that it's, everything's done on the weekends. So Halloween's yeah. kind of lost its fun. Like, I still love it, but like Parties are always done the weekend before or the weekend after, depending yeah. on where it's at in the week. And then community trick or treating is always done.
0: Now on like Norman a doesn't usually change the trick or treat night. The trick or treat night Norman is usually on Halloween night, but there were some people who wanted to go through and change it to make it the Saturday after Halloween, whatever. Like, yeah, like you know, the fourth yeah. Saturday in how Hall- in October or whatever. But I I would be opposed to that because Halloween. You can't just it, move it, Halloween.
1: Yeah. Like, it doesn't work that way. It is
0: Samhain. It is the day that the thin veil is the thinnest. It is. It is that. So, I mean, if you moved the actual holiday...
2: It would be like moving Christmas to the Saturday before the 25th. Yeah. Pe- people aren't going to have it.
0: Yeah. And I understand that this is... Especially in Oklahoma where the Bible Belt... It would probably happen here before it happened anywhere else. But... I like Halloween for what Halloween is, and not the commercialization of it. Now, I do fall into the commercialization of it. I mean, you can look at my house and all my decorations, but some of my decorations are year-round decorations. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the spider webs are actually real spider webs. But uh, I actually dusted off <laughs> the spider webs on the porch. I'm kidding.
0: No, Halloween needs to be on Halloween.
1: I completely agree. So, you know, those of you who are listening to our podcast, you know, as you're getting ready, getting your costumes on and everything tonight for Halloween, go have fun and celebrate tonight. Don't try to push it off till the weekend. I mean, tonight's the night to do it.
0: Celebrate it tonight. Now, if you are listening to this podcast before you go out for Halloween night, I'm going to give you a list of some haunted houses to go visit tonight. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're in Oklahoma, here are the top 10 haunted houses in Oklahoma. We have the Trail of Fear Haunted Scream Park in Lawton. We have the Nightmare in the Country in Woodward. The Sanctuary in Oklahoma City. The Haunted Castle Halloween Festival in Muskogee. The Hex House in Tulsa. The Psychopath Haunted Attraction in Speary. I've never heard of Speary. And that is the top ten. Was that ten? It lied to me. That's not (laughs) ten.
1: I know you got the Haunted uh, haunted Warehouse in downtown. You got the Haunted
0: Woods out east of Norman. It's either Haunted Woods or Haunted Forest. Yeah. And um, maybe both. Um,
2: and that's 144th Street, right? Yeah, it's pretty far and out there past Ma-Guire? the lake. McGuire? Yeah. yeah. Or is it uh, Oh I don't know. I think know. it's McGuire, but
1: I'm not sure.
0: They have signs. Follow the signs. The signs <laughs> yes. will take you there. And the
1: signs oh, are partly as creepy as the whole thing.
0: Their signs are everywhere. Yeah, they're like spray painted on like plywood.
1: And they're there year round. So <laughs> they get kind of uh, weathered. So they look kind of creepy.
0: But yeah, that's a really good one. Now, if you're not in Oklahoma, we have the top 13 in the country. This is,
1: actual, this this is actually 13? This is actually 13.
0: Okay. I'm going to start at 13 and go up. Well, number 13, we have the Factory of Terror in Canton, Ohio. Number 12, we have the House of Horrors in Buffalo, New York. Heather, you better go to that one. Number 11, we have Nightmare on 13th in Salt Lake City, Utah. Number 10, we have the Spooky Woods in Arkdale, North Carolina. That one right now, the picture of it is like a giant snake attacking somebody. Well, and see, they're That one just out. got... It.
1: Aren't all the woods in North Carolina just a spooky wood? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I've never been in North Carolina. Uh, we have the Haunted Overlord in Lee, New Hampshire. Some of these pictures are pretty awesome. This I'm looking at hauntedhouses.com. Uh, we have Erebus in Pontiac, Michigan.
1: They are all seem to be up northeast. They just know how to do it there.
0: Yeah. We have the Headless Horseman in Ulster Park, North New York. These are some creepy-ass pictures. These look better than anything we've got here. <laughs> all right, number six. We have the 13th Gate in... Baton Rouge, Louisiana. In um, number five, we have the Dent Schoolhouse in Cincinnati, Ohio. We number four, we have Terror on Terror on the Fox in Green Bay, Wisconsin. number three, we have the House of Torment in Chicago, Illinois and Austin, Texas. It's a chain. <laughs> number two, we have Another World in Atlanta, Georgia. And number one, the best haunted house in America, according to hauntedhouses.com. We have the 13th floor in Phoenix, Arizona, Chicago, Illinois, Denver, Colorado, and San Antonio, Texas. I guess if we want to drive 12 hours, we could make it to (laughs) San Antonio. (laughs) There
2: used to be one of those in Oklahoma City. Was there? I believe so.
0: Interesting.
1: Now, the place I'd want to be on Halloween is Salem, Massachusetts. That
0: would be so awesome. That place
1: has already got a creepy feeling. It's one of my favorite places in the entire world. I've been up there once and... I want to go again. I have a friend who lives up there. I keep saying I'm going to go visit so I can spend time in Salem. I would move to Salem. Supposedly, they have a really... Like, the whole town is, you know, a big Halloween festival. Oh, so. I could
0: only... Oh, ah, that would be so awesome. Um, well, I have a friend, Heather, in New York, that, yeah, we should go up and visit her around Halloween. We can go check out Salem. It's not
2: too far. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: So, any of you out there who are listening and you think, you know... Your hometown haunted house is better than any of these. Let us know. Let us know where you're at so we can share it for, you know, next year. Yeah.
0: And if you're here in Oklahoma and you've got a great haunted house and you think we should go check it out, we'll put it on a list and go do that next year. Maybe we'll do it over the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and so starting, so just so everyone out there knows, we now have a Patreon. So if you support our Patreon, that means we can go start our own haunted house and become millionaires <laughs> and podcasters. So
0: or we can, you know, just bring you guys more content.
1: Well, that too. But I mean, <laughs> if we get this haunted house, become millionaires, so we just work year round on the podcast. We could just devote our
0: lives to you, the listener, in this podcast. And yeah. Sounds I'm, good I'm, to me. I'm, I'm good with that.
1: Yeah, we don't need a job if we could just podcast in a, <laughs> run a haunted house.
0: <laughs> we wouldn't even need to podcast so we get...
1: <laughs> no, we'd still do the podcast, okay? <laughs> You're going to scare people away thinking we're going to quit. No, I'm gonna We're be- not quitters.
0: I'm doing the podcast for free right now, so I mean, <laughs> hey. Um, but yeah, we've got a Patreon started up. Uh, we have different levels that are going to be listed on the Patreon page.
1: Each level is going to get you a little something special. Yeah,
0: uh, We're going to start with a dollar. And we're going to announce your name on the podcast. And thank you. And then, you know, $5, $10. You know, if you want to donate $250 a month, we'll come and cook dinner for you once a week.
1: <laughs> I will call you every day to make sure you're doing okay. Um, you know, we'll have a conversation, hour-long conversations yeah. every day of the week. Um, so.
0: Yeah, I mean... You'll get bonus footage. Their bonus footage, bonus r- er, audio, uh, <laughs> 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 bonus content. Um,
2: How would they find their Patreon page?
0: It is backslash normalcy. It's pretty easy. It, just go to
1: Patreon. You can search us.
0: Yeah, we'll be on there. Oh. And then you know there'll be different levels for different donations. Uh, we actually hope to get some merchandise eventually. Um, let us know what you'd rather have. If you'd rather have shirts or if you'd rather have stickers or or
1: bracelets or keychains, or
0: ball caps or, you know, know, whatever. we get
1: the most likes on and (coughs) stuff like that, that, you know, we can afford. We'll try to get you what you want.
0: We're watching our listeners add up and it's awesome. I'm so thankful to you guys for listening to this podcast. I still
1: need you guys to come follow us on Twitter. I'm feeling lonely over here. Yeah,
0: Chad's all by himself over on Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
2: the message, message us on Facebook. Send yeah. us emails. And we're, we'd love to hear from. We're that.
0: UMP Normalcy on all those. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and our email is UMP Normalcy at gmail dot com. And we've always got direct access to this stuff all day long, so it doesn't take us long to respond. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so as I'm already seeing more people on Facebook commenting on posts and seeing new likes every, almost every couple of days. So. Keep it going. Oh, yeah.
0: We get at least two new followers on Instagram a day. So that's awesome.
1: Hey, instead of just following us, go ahead and send us a message or something like that. You know, we'll message you back. Um, If there's anything you want to hear, like any kind of stories or, uh, you know, kind of lure out there you want to know about, let us know. We can always look into it for you.
0: We were talking Um, about doing a listener's story episode soon. If We get some stories in from you. I want you guys to send some
1: stories. Let us know. We'll read them. If you want to stay in um, on we'll have Amy's you can bad reading. <laughs> Amy's bad reading. will read it for you, um, but we'll all spl- <laughs> split it so it doesn't sound as bad. Uh, my stuttering, you know, fool, foolish self will read as well.
0: will stutter and all mispronounce words and <laughs> pause and repeat and yeah, you know, all that fun stuff. We appreciate you guys so much, and we thank you, and we want to wish you guys a happy Halloween. Be safe. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's an awesome night. Have fun. Stay safe. We love you guys. Happy Halloween. Until next time.
2: Keep digging.